It is Locked On Jazz for the 4th of 5th of January. Northwest Division rivals go head-to-head tonight. The Jazz and the Nuggets. It's Jokic versus Gobert. The aging process sure seems to be different for everyone. And we'll talk about the COVID world that seems to have finally infested the Utah Jazz. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making every, making, what am I, I'm tired. What am I supposed to say? You guys know better than I do. Hopefully making it better to be a Utah Jazz fan. Each and every day we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe somewhere around here, somewhere and thanks very much for tuning in, making Lockdown Jazz your first listen of every day. Woo! Good morning. Ray is the only one awake this morning along with me. Um, he's in Denver tonight, hoping the game isn't canceled. I don't think the game has. Hmm. Is the game got a chance to be canceled? I don't think from our end the game has a chance to be canceled. From their end, their injury report is... Vic Concar's out, Dozier's out, Green's out, Howard's out, Harris, Monty Morris is out, Jamal Murray's out, Michael Porter Jr.'s out, and Austin Rivers and NJ are questionable, could probably suit up. Yeah, they're they're tight. I think they 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 certainly got the ire of the Golden State Warriors because they didn't test leaving wherever they were. I think it might have been Golden State. And they waited to test until they got home. And then they had a player or two that was injury, injured. And they didn't know till like 2 o'clock that day whether or not they were going to play. Um, well, I'll get into it. COVID has now. Uh, Joe Ingles is in the healthy health and safety protocol. I'm assuming that means they tested positive. I don't, we don't say that anymore. Um, and so we'll get into all the rules. We now have to learn them. And the spread's going to start now. Like it just, you know, well, I'm sure – you know, Barnett Frank does our health and safety is incredible and the jazz will do everything they can to avoid it because they have very well so far. But the fact is that every single team in the league has had it spread every place in the world and fed over a million cases. So um, I think it's, you know, it's pretty hard to expect it to not spread. The jazz play the nuggets tonight. Nuggets are incredible. The nuggets are without Michael Porter jr. And without Jamal Murray. And they're still 18 and 17. They just have an amazing will to win. Um, whatever you know, Mike Malone didn't actually coach the team the other night because he was in health and safety protocols. So I don't know what happens tonight. They're 19th in the league offensively. They're the seventh best shooting team. They're the 25th best offensive rebound team. They're 29th in free throw rate. They're, they're, they're actually not doing like they're just shooting it pretty well. They're not doing the other stuff they used to do. They used to grab a lot of extra rebounds. They go to the line a lot. Their, their personnel doesn't allow that anymore. Uh, they're 15th in the league defensively. They're doing that largely because they're an unbelievable defensive rebounding team and they don't foul. The bigger thing that's just kind of amazing about them is that 
that they haven't rolled over and died as a basketball team. I mean, they're without Jamal Murray and they're without Michael Porter Jr. on a fairly top-heavy roster. Um, they still have Aaron Gordon. And if you kind of look at what their eight-man rotation was to start the year, Will Barton has played 31 games and Jokic has played 30 and Gordon has played 32 and Monte Morris until now has played 32. And then they've just kind of pieced this thing together. Because P.J. Dozier was supposed to be a rotation piece. Michael Porter Jr. is supposed to be their second-leading scorer. Monte Morris has become their starting point guard without Jamal Murray. He's out tonight due to health and safety protocols. Um, Compazzo has now plays 22 minutes a night. I mean, he's cute, but 22 a night. So the fact that these guys are actually staying together, that they haven't worn out, that, that's the thing that when I was prepping that jumps out to me the most is they have a six-game losing streak in the middle. They, they win five or they lose six in a row. And you kind of feels like, Right around Thanksgiving, they should have let go of the rope. They're nine and ten. Instead, since then they've gone nine and seven. And these aren't like some of the wins are are decent, right? They beat my their most recent wins are Miami, New York, Pelicans, and OT, Spurs, Wizards, Hawks, Clippers, Warriors, without Draymond, and Rockets. So be interesting to see tonight. Their last game out against Dallas. Due to health and safety, they play. They started Jokic, Gordon, Compazzo, Barton, and Rivers. That those are all available. Then Rivers left eight, 18 minutes of playing time in, and he's questionable with a right thumb injury. They then played Bones Highland, who's kind of their fun, lanky uh, rookie out of Virginia Commonwealth, who's the 26th pick of the draft, who's actually puts up decent numbers. He's only shooting 37%. He's being asked to do a lot. And then Jamichael Green played, but Vlado Kantkar played, but he he's out tonight. Davion Reed, who's played about 40 NBA games out of, uh, was kind of an old second-round draft pick from 2017, just kind of bounced around the league, is now, you know, taking advantage of this and getting a chance. And then they played Bull Bull, and then Rajon Tucker's somehow back on their team after being on some other team, and Carl Jones is on their team after being on some other team. Like, it's kind of nutty. So uh, Ray's right. They're, they're right on the precipice um, of things. Uh, the interesting one tonight, and this is, you know, we all know that I'm the president of Rudy Gobert Island. There's one guy in the league that's figuring him out. And it's a pretty fabulous little statistical march to go on. So we're going to go on it together. It's, it's pretty incredible. So if we look at Nikola Jokic, and we can actually do it, I usually do impact, but let's do when guarded by because it's actually even um, better data to show just how incredible, uh, frankly, Jokic's development has become. And this is, you know, let me be clear on this. This is, this is the greatest, you know, the MVP of the league against the defensive player of the year. And guess what? Like the MVP has evolved over the time and gotten better and figured out how to play Rudy, and it largely goes to the bubble. So if we go back to the 17-18 season, frankly, Favors guards Jokic most of the time. Gobert guards him very little, but when Gobert does, Jokic goes two for six from the field. Okay? We go to the 18-19 season. Favors is still with us, so the Jazz kind of still will go with that um, lineup, but instead this time they let Gobert guard Jokic far more, and 
Jokic goes in the next year, he goes 11 of 26 from the field. And the one thing he really can't do is shoot the three. Like for whatever reason, Gobert's length, his release, he goes one of eight from three. We go to 1920 regular season. Okay. The regular season of 1920, this will become the bubble season. But in the 1920 regular season, Gobert guards him exclusively. Favors doesn't guard him at all. Um, and because Tony Bradley's on the roster now, Favors is not. Um, and Jokic goes 22 of 45, 49%, shoots 33% from three. So it's not great, but it's a lot of time, right? You can see the progression happening here. He goes from two of six to 11 of 26 to 22 of 44. And we get to the playoffs and he takes 118 shots with Rudy Gobert being the closest defender. He goes 62 of 58 for 53%. And he figures out the three in the bubble. He shoots 20 of 39 for 51% against Rudy Gobert in the bubble from three. Incredible. Seven game series. Gobert guards him for over four, about 400 possessions. Like he's had enough time now to figure this out. He shoots 53% from the floor. He takes about 30% of his shots as threes, and he makes 51% of them. So then next year we go to the, the 2021 regular season, and, and the matchup now happens again, and Jokic annihilates Gobert. He goes 20 of 30 from the floor, 6 of 9 from 3, and 6 of 6 from the free throw line. Now, I had not thought about this before, but it to, to look at it in this fashion until we just talked about it, he guarded him for 89 possessions that year. He guarded him over the last two seasons when you suddenly count the playoffs. He's and I'm going to do this math here because I had not thought about this year. And might as well take it, might as well get it all the way right. Take it back to 1819 to when he started really guarding him. And so what you suddenly have is that the reason that, and this is what great players do. Jokic, nobody's guarded probably Jokic more than Gobert at this point. But Jokic has now been guarded by Gobert for... This is incredible. Sorry for the math. 721 possessions since the 1819 season. And Jokic has figured it out over time. I mean, that's an incredible progression. Since and you can we can look at it in some other ways and do some other things and things of that nature also. But the the the, the fact is that he just he, it just took him a while, took him time. Right, we go back to 17, 18 when favors usually guard him, and he went two of six. And then he went eleven of twenty-six in eighteen nineteen and shot forty-two percent. And then he went to fifty percent, and then he basically went to sixty-seven percent last year in the regular season. And in the bubble, he went to fifty percent. Jokic is amazing. He's the best out. He he still should be discussed the MVP. He's the one guy, which is like that's how it works, right? There's one guy in the NBA that it has an answer to, to Rudy. And maybe Steph's close to the other. And it's insane. It's incredible. 
All right. Um, I want to talk about aging because there's a bunch of interesting things going on with us with aging um, and our players. And then um, we will um, think that uh, I did not know this, but um, Yorgos tells me it's Frank Layden's birthday. So I will call Frank today. So thank you, Yorgos. You, you, uh, you're making sure that I remember to do that. By the way, like on Jokic, well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, today's show is brought to you by my friends over at Intercap Lending. If you're looking uh, to do anything in the loan game, Intercap is fabulous. And really, who's truly fabulous is our guy, Steve Carter. Steve Carter does amazing work. He's our own personal loan officer. And um, he is the absolute uh, best. Uh, it, it's with no worries that I send you any send you a Steve Carter because every single time I send someone a Steve Carter, there's an immediate response. And then every single time I get things like Joel Hiller, I can't think of any other business I've dealt with. that has been so responsive. Steve immediately got me some numbers to start looking at when we decided to move forward. It was more painless than I ever expected to do a mortgage. We ended up saving a significant amount of monthly payments. The whole process only took about three weeks. And because I live outside Utah, they sent a notary in my home to finalize the paperwork so I don't need to travel. I would highly recommend Steve. And then I got this from a guy in Kaysville. We worked with Steve three times now. I have to say he's the best. He and his team worked tirelessly to find out every best rate, reduce stress, and make the process simple. I've used him twice. My partners used him. There's really no other. Uh, I can tell you more about Intercap Lending and Steve Carter. They're hyper-responsive. They get the job done. Um, it's why they've grown so much. They're a fabulous company. do all sorts of uh, great work in the community as well. So give Steve Carter a call, 385-885-28. If you'd rather have me connect you, feel free to email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com, and we'll connect you uh, through to Steve Carter. It's dlock09 gmail.com. Intercap Lending, NLS number 190465. For more, visit intercaplending.com. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Truebill. Truebill is the app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want or need or even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Truebill has saved average people up to to $720 a year with Truebill on average. That's incredible. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill is incredibly simple. They just link your accounts. Truebill cancels subscriptions in one tap. The Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel subscriptions so you don't have to. Over 2 million users have saved over 100 million. Don't fall for the subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. The thing on Jokic, there's for a second. 26 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists a game. His first half against the Jazz earlier this year, where he leaves in 15 minutes, he goes eight of nine, three of three from the three, five of seven from the free throw. I guess I don't even, I didn't even count. We just did that. I didn't even look at this year, right? I didn't even look at what he's done, what he did this year. To add that to the list on Jokic against Gobert. Um, Because he went four of four. Two of two from three. So over the last two years, he's 24 of 34 and seven of 11 from three. And if you take it back to the bubble, he's 33 of his last 59 from three when guarded by Rudy Gobert. Average players in the league shoot 30% from three when Rudy Gobert is defending. It's it's, it's mind-boggling. Just got to tip the hat. 
And he's just playing his last two games. He shot 60%, 24 points. He, he did look kind of my point about the nuggets, like whether they were going to let go of the rope, he did look worn out against Charlotte and the Clippers. I watched the Clipper game, which they won and he didn't look like Jokic. Um, he actually had a negative plus minus, which he almost never does. He had come off a stretch uh, from the 24th game of the season to the 30th, in which he shot for six games, he shot 63%, 40% from three, 29%, 29 points a game, 13 rebounds, and nine assists. He about averaged a triple double over six games while shooting 63% from the floor and 40% from three. There's no one like him. Like, I know we love Giannis and we love Steph. We love, like, this is the MVP. Uh, the question is being asked about what about Jokic's defense? It's not that bad anymore. Um, he's really improved a great deal. I'll, I'll see if I can pull up where he is on the pick and roll. It might not be good. Um, but they're 15th in the league defensively, and he plays all the time. Right? I mean, that's where we started today is that I think I had that. Yeah, they're 15th in the league defensively. Uh, while I'm talking, I will do the uh, what you've already seen me do today, which is pull this up for you. Um and see where he is of screen defenders um, defending in the league. You know, what's interesting, by the way, is that like somehow we are now luring people into running screens against us. Because um, Rudy has defended the most screens of anyone in the league. It might be just amount of time on the floor. Jokic has defended the third most amount of screens of anyone in the league. So teams are definitely going after him. Um, and... I have the top 60 here. Taj Gibson is actually number one right now, barely sneaking in under the minimum. Draymond's two. Anthony Davis is three. Gobert is four. So this is out of the top 60. Jokic is the 16th best out of 60 defending the pick and roll. Pretty good. And if I up that ante a little bit and basically say I'm only taking, you know, the top guys who, top 30 guys in the NBA, primary defenders, he comes into seventh out of 30. Rudy goes to number one. And Bede goes to two, Vukovic goes to three, Mo Bamba four, Zubak five, Looney six, and Jokic seven. Looney is the underrated person in here because Draymond's number one otherwise, right? So Jokic is actually pretty good defensively now. Very good question that came in here from Ucho Rainwater. Um, so interesting. Um Jorgis with another. You guys are on fire today. Last year, Quinn went to bogey on Jokic in the game. Nuggets shooting like 85% from three and stopped our win streak. I mean, the idea was to try to get him, Jokic, stop driving, kicking, put bogey on him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do that again. I mean, Gobert's not impacting him. So how do you have Gobert impact the game the most? Um, hello to from the Philippines. This is a very community show today. I kind of like it. Um, so let's... Let's go to one thing I wanted to talk about, which was aging. Because I just think it's really interesting. So, you know, my answer every time we talk about Joe and Rudy right now is say, well, they're old. Which, you know, I think there is something to it. Tom Nasalki was with me for a long time as a broadcaster, the late, great Tom Nasalki. Um, and he said, he used to say that what happens is an NBA player goes into the NBA. And when they start, their legs work for 80 of the 82 games a year. And then a few years in, they suddenly work for like 75. And then they work for 70. And then they work, you know, and you get it, right? And then by the end, they're only working for like 40 nights a year. And, the, and he said what the, what the great players do is they can actually trick you 
because they're still average 18 points a game because on the nights where everything's really working, like and I, he was talking about Iverson, I think when we were talking about, he, he says on those nights when it's really, really working for them, they'll go drop you 30, 30 points those nights. This is primary scores. Peyton, I think, was another conversation. This, And they'll go get you 30. And then the next night when their legs aren't working, they still don't know how to navigate the game enough to get you 16 so that by the time the night's over, they got 46 in the two nights and then they are averaging 23 points a game. And you look at their box score and they still look the same, but they're not really the same. And so you have to dig in a little deeper. Deeper. What I think is interesting on kind of four guys in ours on our roster that are in a, in a funky spot on the aging cycle is Mike Conley's 34 and has figured it out. So Mike Conley is having his best field goal percentage year of his career. He's shooting 43% from three, which is the best, but he's not like shooting a dramatically more amount of threes, a little bit, but not a lot. Um, he's shooting 51% on twos, which we'll see if that can hold. It, it does seem super high, but he's certainly aging. Like if you look at his free throws per hundred possessions, he's gone from taking nine when he was in Memphis to five to, with us now down to three. If you look at his, his rim rate, amount of field goal percentages he takes from zero to three at, He's down to 8%. He was at 25% at Memphis, then to 19, then to 13, to 10, to 8. Like, there's no question his game has completely changed. He doesn't go to the rim anymore. He doesn't go to the line anymore. He's 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 totally aging. But he's kind of figured it out. Um, and I have a belief on aging that there's a spectrum of athleticism by which you exist in this league. It's here to here. There's no exceptions. Okay, I mean, you can go, for, this is the extreme great athlete. This is Tracy McGrady, Rudy Gay, Vince Carter, all these guys when they start the league, Jeff Green. And then here is like where you're like, you're not quite, you're on the low end of athleticism. If you're over here, you're just not in the league. I don't care what other your skills you have. You're just not in the league. And so what I think happens to a lot of these guys is like Mike Conley's an elite athlete. Rudy Gay's an elite athlete. And they start to just work their way down this. And at some point they go over and then they can't play anymore. And other guys start here and then they go over. But once you're on this side, you're done. It happens like that it's super fast. Um, and it's and it's pretty wild. And so here we have Mike Conley who's completely like changed his game, altered how he plays, figured it out. His percentage of three points is at 53%, which is the highest it's ever been. Um, you know, Boyan's 32 years old, going to turn 33 here in April. Like He's on the wrong side of it. He's kind of figured it out. Um, he's having his best year ever at 48% shooting. He's at 43% for three, which is his best ever right now. His effective field goal percentage is the best he's ever been. Um, and he actually has yet to really show any signs. He's never been a good rebounder. Um, and so you don't actually have like some of these numbers. He's never been a block shot guy. He's really just been a bona fide scorer His where he's shooting from on the floor is, is slipping. Like he shot 30% of his shots at the rim and Indiana's 19, 18, now 16 with us. He's shooting 51% of his threes. He's slightly moving out the outside, but his rim finishing is actually improving. Um, but, you know, again, he's not, he's going to show signs at some point and, and he'll have to be careful because when he slips, he he's going to, it's going to slip. Um, then you have Joe Ingles, who is a notch older at 34 years old. And to the point of kind of Thomas Salky, you look at his numbers, it's not graphic. <clears throat> it's not great. His field goal percentage Last year was a career year, so I think it's unfair. But from a career standpoint, it's dropped from 45 to 42.7. Three-point shooting's dropped from 41 to 38. Um, his effective field goal percentage is actually right on his career average. Um, his free throw shooting's right on his career average. His rebounds are right on his career average. His assists are right on his career average. His minutes are right on his career average. So, so it, it's it's subtle, and but it, 
you know, if you look, if you dig in a little bit, it does seem like he's going to have to figure this out. He's gone from taking 19% of his shots at the rim to 13% of his shots at the rim to 11% of his shots at the rim to now 4% of his shots at the rim. Now, maybe we're not engaging him on the pick and roll quite as much. He didn't start the year well in the pick and roll. Donovan started very well. And so maybe he's gone and reduced his pick and roll, and that's not letting him get to the rim as much. He's actually finishing better. And he's gone from, you know, two years ago, taking 60% of his shots as threes to 64% of his shots to 72 to now 78. So he's almost exclusively a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter at this point. Um, while simultaneously having the number of corner threes, which is his strength drop, and he's not getting as many shots early in the offense, which he that's on him. He needs to run and get out and do some of those things. So you're seeing the aging impact on him, and he's just got to figure it out and evolve. And then the fi- final one is Rudy Gay. And Rudy Gay is 30, the oldest of the group at 35 and 141 days. I think is Joe Ingles is, what did I just say, Joe, is – Joe Ingles is 34. Rudy Gay is 35. So Rudy Gay is the oldest one of the group. And again, he's been going through this evolution for the last years. He's playing fewer minutes at 19 minutes. So he's probably not, you know, this is the lowest minutes of his career. He probably doesn't love that. Um, probably would like to be back up to the 22 or 23 that he was that he was at before. His field goal percentage is at 42%, which is right where it was last year, which was kind of his career low. It's hard to see. He's had so many years. Um, his three-point shootings at 36.5, which is right above his career average. His effective field goal percentage is actually really high. It's 52.7. It's the best it's been for three years. Um, and his is interesting because I don't, I'm not convinced he's actually really aging. If we look at some of the numbers on him per 100 possessions or 36 minutes, whatever equalizer you want to use, um, we'll use for 100 possessions. His steal rate is pretty close to where it's been the last years. His block rate is down. That just He's not playing center as much. Um, his rebounding rate is actually equal to up. Um, and so there aren't actually a bunch of his usage rate is way down. I mean, I think actually what we're seeing out of Rudy Gay more than anything else is it's an incredible adjustment to being less involved than he's ever been. His usage rates at 19%. It's never been below 20. Um, his minutes are below 20. They've never been there before. Um, and so I think he's scuffling a little bit in that regard. His assist rate is, is lower than it's ever been, but his total rebounding rate is kind of where it was. His percentage of shots is threes is through the roof. It's at 57%. And so I think he's still trying to figure out where he fits in this. All right, we'll talk COVID. Ah, that's no fun, but it's actually interesting. And Toronto's super interesting um, here in a second. And I don't understand all the rules, but I'll do the best I can on uh, what's what's happening with that. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is... Uh, brings you the easiest, best way to get into the action and participate with all the fun uh, that you can be a part of in this day and age with sports. All the little extras, the game props, the NFL lines, the race book. Saturday, Kansas City's a 10-point favorite over the Broncos. The Eagles, the Cowboys are a 7.5-point favorite over the Eagles. The big one on Sunday night is the Chargers and the Raiders, and the Chargers are a 3-point favorite. Over on the NBA end of things tonight, what do we got? We got the Jazz battling it out with the Nuggets in the closer of the night, and the Jazz are a four-point favorite tonight. Miami and Portland's a pick Milwaukee's a seven-point favorite over Toronto. Um, and the uh, Jazz had kind of slid, by the way, recently on NBA futures and whether or not the NBA, whether the uh, Jazz were one of the teams with a real chance to contend um, for that title had slipped a little bit online. 
Ag. Use the promo code Locked On to get a fifty percent welcome bonus at BetOnline.ag. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. I just got my coconut brownie shipment. I'm not lying about this stuff. I'm probably having one every day. The Built Crave is back. This is the uh, this is one of their latest creations. Five grams of sugar, seventeen grams of proteins, one hundred and sixty calories, caramel and peanuts. The Crave is back. Ruby chocolate is still there. Gingerbread. Coconut brownie chunk, caramel almond delight, all available, plus the regular flavors with coconut marshmallow puffs, cherry barcia, coconut salted caramel mint brownie. It's all there for you, and it's all fairly remarkable. 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, four carbs, four sugars. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. It's built bar, and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you're in the business. Um, by the way, we traded Mia Oni yesterday. Frankly, I... Uh, he wasn't playing, and he was going to cost about $2.5 million by tax time. So this was a money saver um, more than anything else. Um, not a surprise, kind of expected. Um, the Jazz peaked it out a little bit in the offseason, and so you're kind of trying to work your way back on some of these areas where you're not getting uh, what you need for your money um, in that circumstance. Um, all right, so we don't really like to talk about this stuff. It's not that much fun, and so I'm trying to avoid it generally. Um, but COVID has um, struck with Joe Ingles in the COVID protocol. Um, one person said, like, I hope this doesn't hurt his trade value. It will not hurt his trade value. Um, the rules are, here's the rules now. Um, so the rules now are that I believe you, um, the agreement places the 10 day rule. So according to the positive test occurs, uh, on day zero, so players return on the seventh day if they meet the, the standards. So if I understand correctly, if Joe tested positive, Joe tested positive yesterday. This is if he tested positive. He could just be in the protocol. He tested positive yesterday. So that would be day zero. And then today is day one, Wednesday, Thursday's two, Friday's three, Saturday's four, Sunday's five, Monday's six, Tuesday is the seventh, seventh day. So he, he could return. He would then come back for the Cleveland home game um, is where it is. So now the spread probably starts. We have an interesting thing. We have a huge gap after the Cleveland game. We don't play for three days. So, like, we may end up this road trip kind of having this experience um, and having it all kind of hit us, and then we have a big gap on the backside of Cleveland. So can can it hit us fast? It would be great. Um, I expect the spread will hit now. Here's a wild one about this, by the way, and I I, I don't know what the latest rules are, but Toronto's down to 1,000 people in their building for our game there tomorrow, which is weird. The Warriors did not send Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, and I think two other players to Canada. Now, they claimed it was because they had a free swing because they'd won in Boston and that they didn't, you know, and so they wanted to rest their players. That might be what the Warriors did. But the fact of the matter is you have to have a negative test 72 hours upon arrival in Toronto. Okay, that's fine. What you also have to have is a negative test within 24 hours of traveling back. That's fine. If you don't, the way I understand it, any player test positive could be forced to remain on the Canadian side of the border for 14 days in addition to entering the NBA health and safety protocols. This is just from reading. I haven't talked to anybody with the Jazz about this. So the NBA force any player test positive or comes in close contact has to produce two negative PCR tests 24 hours apart. So so if I'm reading this correctly, one – if you test negative, if you test positive in Canada, you could be there for 14 days. 
And then I don't know what close contacts to find find by at that point. Like, could like how many people could be stuck in Canada? So makes me almost wonder if we can win tonight, whether we just do the same thing the Warriors do, say, oh, we got a free swing in Canada and don't send our seven primary rotation guys, particularly if we have the spread going on. The spread's coming. Like, it's happened everywhere in all of the world, so I'm going to believe that it's going to happen to us too. Like, that's just my theory. Like, not any great logic. Like, just logic. So that gets really interesting. And I, I don't know if the rules are different for the NBA, but I don't think so. And if I read everything right about when the Warriors – decide not to send Steph Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, and all their guys there. And they might have gotten lucky. Like, I don't know the timing on Draymond. But that's one to keep an eye on, of on what whether or not, you know. And, and also, we got a bunch of guys on the injured list. If there's any chance they're not going to play because they're injured, certainly don't send them. Right? If a bunch of our guys are beat up and they, they might not play, we got a back end of a back-to-back on the other side. Like, if Mike Conley's going to rest, certainly don't send it. Like, we don't want to send a player to Toronto who's going to rest, not play, be beat up with their injury, and then end up testing positive, being stuck for 14 days. And if you looked at our injury report, we've got Gobert, Bogdanovich, O'Neal, and Whiteside are all questionable. Udoka's listed as questionable, by the way, on a right ankle sprain, which is the best he's been for a while, not out, which is was an interesting little change. And then Donovan and Jordan Clarkson are probable on lower back strains. Well, if any of those get at all worse tonight in Denver, I certainly would not send them to Toronto. So interesting little kind of tidbit to the whole COVID world. And we'll see what happens with us as the spread goes. But I I assume that we've probably got two or three weeks. Now we're like every day is going to be a news item on who's been added to the protocol. And then we get through it just like every other team. Um, and we do play a decent amount of games right now, and it will hurt our record. We'll have to deal with it, just like every other team. That is Locked on Jazz today. Have a great one. Talk to you soon.